Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finko, with Cisco Acosta, and we are live. And we're supposed to be playing the music here, but we're having some technical difficulties. So, Cisco, yes. what are you doing this week? Well, trying to try to uh, keep keep on top of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and uh, what's been going on for the past couple of weeks. I, I think we're facing, we're, we're facing a constitutional crisis here, uh, and we also have a situation that is getting out of control with these, the, the, the count, the number of dreamers, supposedly, was 600 to 700, possibly 800. Now we're getting news that that those numbers are bogus. That's like three point five. So the media in cahoots with with the Democrats and the rhinos, they've been playing us for fools. Um, and I'm glad Donald Trump took the position that he did with Chucky Schumer and the Democrats, saying, "You guys." You no wall, no DACA, and 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 the debate is that's right. Who and the debate is this has been going on for far too long. Exactly, particularly with the immigration. Exactly, and and we have to protect our voters. I mean, if 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 the country does not have they have open borders, forget it. Kiss the country goodbye. So we need to. There is no country. There's no country. Yes. But I now, think isn't, the, the, this, isn't this the um, the latest New York City terrorist attack um, exactly. in which the the fella got in on a diversity visa? Exactly, and it was Chucky Schumer that actually was one of the ones that actually uh, went ahead and, and um, signed on to the uh, diversity visa lottery visa. And again, you people that I have had discussions with say, well, the Republicans and Trump and Trump will, 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 will be the ones getting hurt. I disagree with that. If the Democrats do not take care of the DACA issue, I can guarantee you that people in the Democratic Party will be sitting out the elections in November. Well, in New Jersey, there uh, the New, New Jersey is now going to become a sanctuary state. Right. Well, and you know, <laughs> California, yeah, California, New York, and New Jersey, right now, you know, pretty dire situation for Republicans and conservatives. You know, so but this election of Donald Trump proved that we don't really need California. And we don't really need New York and New Jersey to win. Thanks, Cisco. I'm sorry, but I I, I have to come with the hard truth. (laughs) And and this is is a great point to bring on our guest tonight uh, because he is from New York. Um, I call him the – he's part of what the, the youth movement um, in, in this, and his name is uh, Avery Pereira, if I mention it right. 
Um, welcome to the show, Avery. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, and thanks for having me on. Okay. Uh, he wants uh, – I'm going to quote you. You once said that disability reform should be a priority for elected officials on both sides of the aisle. But it is a priority for me, and I am working hard on putting together a beneficial proposal that will provide a solution to long-time dysfunctional system. Many disabled children, adults, and veterans aren't receiving the necessary benefits they need to survive, while many able-bodied individuals are collecting for selfish needs. The current system is a complete disgrace for the most vulnerable, the most dedicated, and the most courageous. It's beyond time for reasonable reform that will bring relief and comfort for patriots that need it in most and put forth the rational consequence for those that abuse the system for greedy purposes. And were, were you, were, so what, what, I guess your intent there was to reform the welfare system, correct? Uh, yes, that's uh, mainly correct. It's to um, can you general, give everybody, I right, right, right. Can you give everybody a little bit of background yourself and, and what you're doing? Yes, well, um, as you know, I was uh, elected as a a district leader uh, as my position is here, uh, which is a Republican state committeeman here in the 51st Assembly District uh, here in New York City. And uh, I'm also a political activist, conservative activist, and I also bring awareness to many issues and also many uh, causes such as domestic violence uh, on social media and in person. And I'm also uh, the new creator of a new foundation, uh, Uplifting Latinos Association. It was just approved by the state of New York a few weeks ago. So, Wow, that's awesome. And have you gotten a lot of response to the foundation? Well, we're still uh, trying to put it all together right now. We have a few board members right now, but uh, we're still in the process of being tax-exempt until we are approved with that, then we will be uh, formally recognized as an organization across uh, the state of New York and across the country, and we'll be able to get things going from there and start accepting donations. That's awesome. So what do uh, people in your position think of what's going on nationally? Uh, well, I think they feel the same the way. Well, I think they feel the same way about me. Uh, it's just, they feel this is such a big roller coaster ride for all of us. It doesn't matter what ideology we are. But I, there's a lot of Democrats who are very frustrated with this too. Uh, even those who didn't vote for President Trump as well too. It's, they feel there's a lot of corruption in the federal government. There's, it's such a dysfunctional government, and that's why Congress uh, has a very low approval rating. It's in the teens because they seem to ca- can't get anything done. They seem can't uh, to clean up their act. And our debt keeps increasing, and millions of Americans are still struggling while there are many of those in positions of power that are are getting all these benefits and six-figure salaries, and people are just fed up with what's going on in Washington. And I think that's why we saw President Trump get elected uh, last year in the end of 2016 election, and I think we're going to continue to see that. There's a lot of... Uh, Millennials and my generation who are rising up and who are getting involved because they understand that our future could be at stake and they feel if 
we don't get involved, then it's uh, it's going to be put. The blame is going to be put on us, not them. Well, Avery, I have a uh, I have a question for you. Uh, two questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one question and another is just a comment. Uh, every 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 couple of years, every two years, we hear the same thing. Congress approval rates are down, and guess what happened? Will come election time, all the incumbents get reelected again. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, so I I understand. I hear you that some of these Democrats are upset just like that, but they keep voting for the same people. They keep voting for the same people. Um, second, the, the the question I have for you is, as a millennial, and I'm quite sure most of your friends are millennials too, where do they see this country going? In what direction? Because, like you said, you guys are going to be the ones who are going to be managing and controlling this, this country so uh, and living in this country. So if you can comment on, on, on my first, what I said first, and then if you can answer that question. Yes. Well, to comment on the first one, um, well, you know, the money is very powerful in politics and a lot of incumbents, you know, they have millions and millions uh, saved in the bank and they raise millions of dollars uh, from special interests and other multimillionaires. And, you know, money gets involved in politics and it's very powerful. And that's how a lot of incumbents uh, get reelected each time. So, and that's who's on the air if they have enough uh, money to be doing uh, radio uh, ads and TV ads, then that is exactly who these, uh, their constituents know. It's who's the incumbent. But if uh, if the opponent uh, from whichever party they're running in, if they're not well-known and if they don't uh, go out and talk to their constituents, then they're not going to know who that person is. So that's why these uh, incumbents get, keep getting reelected each time. And to answer the second question, um, well, I think uh, a lot of millennials... Uh, feel the same way about me, um, especially uh, conservative millennials. They're, they're working very hard. I've talked to many, and I'm going to – I've met with many of them in the past several years, and I'm going to continue working with them, of course, uh, to come up with solutions to many of our issues. I mean, like you mentioned in the beginning of the show, I'm focused now on disability reform. I think it's uh, very important that we fix our dysfunctional system because I've talked with a lot of families, and they said – their children and grandchildren have not been receiving the necessary benefits that they need. And it's, and that was a complete disgrace. I was beyond anything when I heard that news. So that's something that we have to focus on also when it comes to other issues like the economy and immigration. I mean, I think a lot of millennials are starting to understand that, you know, it's going to be up to us. They understand it's, it's us American citizens who have the power to make the change. It's not the federal government or any other institution. So they're trying to do, they're doing their best, I think, but I think we have to do a bit more. We have to convince some of those, especially on the left, I think too, that especially what's going on in the college campuses. I think there are a lot of universities that are, are indoctrinating us uh, students uh, to believe in their liberal uh, ideology. And of course, that is not exactly what we pay these uh, college professors and institutions for uh, each semester. So that's exactly what uh, we have to do as a millennial. We always have to work together. 
many millennials uh, across the country, conser- conservative millennials uh, who are very involved too, who go to many forums and who are presidents of organizations. And some of them are even younger than me, which, you know, I'm a bit jealous of, but, but, I, but, I'm, a, but I'm excited to see that. And I, I would encourage other millennials uh, to get involved. Uh, whether they are liberal, conservative, independent, moderate, or or whatever their background is, they should get involved in the political process because it's going to be up to us at the end of the day. But, of course, you know, if some of those conservatives, and I do feel that some of them are a bit afraid, especially in New York City, maybe to come out and say that I'm a conservative Republican in the liberal Democratic uh, state and city. And I think they shouldn't be that way. I know we live in very uh, political hostile times, it's very divided in our country right now, but we need to be open about who we are. If we chose choose to, uh, we have the right to express our opinions, and we shouldn't be afraid of it. So I would encourage other millennials to get involved and to express their opinions politely and peacefully. Absolutely. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, what do the the uh, millennials think of the debt that this country uh, has? Well, the conservative millennials, uh, mm-hmm. I would say 99% of them that I know, they feel that the debt is a disgrace. It just keeps increasing. They feel that we have to significantly cut our debt and significantly cut the deficit and reduce taxes and reduce spending dramatically. I mean, they feel that our economy is uh, going down the tank because of our spiraling deficit and our debt. I mean, it's absolutely appalling. But now with the new tax reform that was passed last month, they, many of them are very hopeful that the economy is going to start to boom now. Hundreds of thousands of jobs have been created and uh, thousands of businesses have been given bonuses and um, wage uh, uh, larger salaries to their employees. So they feel a little bit more confident now, but they still are afraid that they will, we will have to be paying a lot at the end of the day because the debt keeps increasing. Well, go ahead, Cisco. Yeah, I'm interested in I'm interested in finding out with your organization how do they feel? What's the what's the position regarding DACA? My position of DACA. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, your position in the organization. Um, well, which my Republican organization or? Well, the organization for Latinos. Oh, the Latinos, yes. Um, yeah. Well, for my position, um, I feel that, uh, you know, I am uh, for illegal immigration. Uh, I do believe in straightening our border security. I do agree we need a wall at the southern border, and I do feel we need a stronger vetting system and that we have to uh, abolish the visa lottery system and we have to crack down on the criminal illegal aliens that are here in our country. Um, but at the same time, I feel that, you know, if the the majority, if um, many of these dreamers that are in the country now, um, they they came here through no fault of their own, and I feel that if they have not committed a felony of any kind, and they have contributed, many of them are going to school, they have graduated from college and high school, they are business owners, some of them are even in our military serving overseas, and I feel that you know we should provide a legal status for them, and. This is something like the both sides of the aisle need to uh, hash out. I mean, they've been going back and forth with this like a ping pong match for many months now. I mean, they even had to shut the government over that, which was ridiculous in a way. 
because it had nothing to do with a budget resolution. It has to do with immigration reform. But And when it comes to my organization, um, well, I don't know. I would say they feel the exact same way, our board members. They feel that there should be a path. Well, I think they believe it's a pathway to citizenship for them, uh, for the dreamers. But for me, I would say let's give them a legal status for now, and then later on down the road, if uh, they follow certain guidelines, then they, they will be eligible for citizenship. Very interesting. Um, so, so what do they think, what do the constituents think about things like the job market? Well, um, out here in New York City, um, they feel the job market is uh, very tough out here in the city because prices continue to increase while their wages are, are stagnant for many years now. And their rents have been going up, but they're afraid that they won't uh, afford to be putting food on the table, clothes on the back of themselves and their kids, and be paying off their mortgage rents or their rents uh, each month. So out here in New York City, it's, uh, it's very tough, and I think a lot of them are afraid that if this continues, that only the top pro 1%, as we hear all the time, uh, just the wealthy, will be able to afford New York City because it's just driving out uh, hundreds and thousands of people uh, every year. I mean, New York is the number the number three state uh, of those leaving the, the country to a different state. I mean, many of them are going to states like Texas or Florida where there's no income tax. So out here, it's, it's very difficult. Right. I, think I, know. New Jersey, I think New Jersey's number two and California's yes, number one. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So, and, you know, right, they either go to Florida Texas or, or wherever, and, and and you know, you know, New Jersey has somewhat of the similar situation over here. You, you yes. know, um, part of our issue right now is we have Governor Murphy um, in office, and you know, he he basically wants to flood the welfare system over here to bankrupt mm-hmm. it. So because they want to bring about their own ideas and their, their own situation and also he, he's trying to make it a sanctuary state because you know it's more votes for them so um but it, but it, you know so get, getting back to to the youth um to, do you have chapters or are you just been like an organization I, I mean with the the latin group the latino group that you have well, we're still structuring out right now. We're not uh, a fully an organization just yet, um, but we're probably going to start out here in New York City for now, but we're hoping as we grow in the future to expand uh, across the state and across the country as well. Um, we just want to see how it works out so far. Um, be, it's the first time I'm starting an organization. And the, our other board members as well, we're all very young still too, so we're just trying to get the feeling of it, but we have something's planned. We're hoping to do several events here where we can uh, be able to provide uh, resources such as food or clothing or any other necessities uh, to those uh, who need it the most. Uh, there's a lot of Latinos who are living in poverty, who are homeless, and who are struggling to make ends meet. They're living off some sort of government assistance. 
and out here all across the, the city and the state, and it's uh, it's very depressing. But I've been an advocate for uh, Latinos for a long time as well. I I've grew, I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood for a very long time here in New York City, and also out in Texas. I lived in Texas for a while as well. So I understand the culture. I understand the, the language and uh, most of it, and and I feel that this is very dear to my heart, and this is why I decided to do this. But we're hoping to get things going in the next month or so once we become tax exempt. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really uh, very very impressed with what you're doing, and I, I think you you definitely have so much potential, and I think one day running for office. And, and making it, I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, you're you have all the qualities, everything, the whole package. Um, but um, I, thank you. Living in New York City, you're welcome. I mean, it's uh, living in New York City. Um, I'm not sure where exactly in New York you live, uh, but I remember growing up, um, and I grew up in the. Uh, John Lindsay, A. Bean, Dave Dinkins, Rudy Giuliani era. Do you see where where is New York City, where is New York State heading? In your well, in your, in your in, opinion. Well, I live in Brooklyn, and um, this uh, it's uh, a lot of people. I think are. A little fearful what's uh, coming ahead because at this point uh, we have a very corrupt system on both the local and state level uh, with Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo. Uh, they're just continuing to drown our state and city in debt and they're not focusing on a lot of issues fixing like the homeless right here in New York City, the broken down infrastructure system that we have across the state. I mean, they promise to fix these issues, but rather they rather play uh, the pay-for-play game. They rather would uh, get a large amount of money from special interests, and they would put their own interests and the the special interests uh, ahead of the people who elected them in the first place. So at this point, it doesn't look like we're heading the, in a great direction because our economy continues to go down. Our infrastructure is a mess. The poverty rate continues to increase. Wages remain stagnant, although the minimum wage is increasing. But we all know that well, when the government mandates a $15 minimum wage like this, that many of them uh, continue to be suffering from poverty, continue to be homeless. So it just continues to get worse. But we, but many of us, uh, were trying very hard in this past election cycle um, to vote out to Mayor de Blasio. We had a great candidate, Assemblywoman Nicole Mayatakis. Uh, who did a wonderful job uh, addressing the issues here across the country, especially mental illness. I think that's an issue as well that isn't addressed very much across the city. Um, so I'm glad she uh, specified that. But we just have to keep uh, working very hard. It's just it's going to be up to us New Yorkers to come together, regardless of our ideology. You know, we have to welcome everyone, Democrats, Republicans. And I know there are a lot of Democrats who didn't vote for Mayor de Blasio a couple months ago, and they're very angry at uh, what he has done in the city in the past four years. And in these next four years, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we just have to hope for the best, and we have to hold them accountable and do our part to uh, make New York as best as it can be. 
But he but he got he got reelected. He got reelected. Yes, That's he, he yes. did. Yeah. And I want to I want to ask you about that um, because you know going back to the terrorist attack, um, mm-hmm. part of his policies ha- had enabled the um, the terrorists to stay there. And so I was wondering what why New Yorkers don't associate that when they go to the vote go to vote. He and Chuck Schumer. Sorry, it was a little hard to hear you there at the end. Uh no, I was wondering why the New Yorkers when they go to the voting polls they, they don't consider that when when they make their choice. The part, the part, the fact that the Blasio, um, some of his policies were responsible for why the terrorist was able to stay in New York City. Well, I'm not sure exactly why New Yorkers voted the way they did. Um, I think it was mainly based on the party line. I think a lot of Democrats felt comfortable voting for another Democrat like him, and maybe they didn't know much about Ms. Mayorkas, and either they were uninformed of many of the issues like you specified with the terrorist issue or the homeless rate or any other issues going on. But like we mentioned early in the show, uh, many incumbents get reelected because of money, because of power and because of name recognition. And I think that was the big thing here. Mayor de Blasio had millions of dollars behind him, many special interests, uh, many labor unions, and he had the name recognition. He was a public advocate for four years a mayor for four years, so, and he worked for a former mayor back in the late 80s as well. So he had the name recognition. I think that was the big thing. But I think uh, Ms. Mayotakis tried her best. Uh, she went to all five boroughs, possibly to every neighborhood. To, as her campaign specified, she went to every neighborhood she could possibly go to uh, across all five boroughs. So but she tried to, but I think that was, those were the main reasons why Mayor de Blasio uh, got reelected last year. Uh, okay, I want to mention this is a heavy volume call tonight, a uh, heavy call line tonight. So press one if you want to ask a question, okay? Um, and, uh, and don't hesitate couple, to a ask a question people, here. Doreen, a couple of people have indicated that they're trying to call, but they're having issues. Uh, okay, Blog Talk Radio is having issues tonight. Okay, yeah. um, it's I, I don't know what it is, but they're, they're working on their software. That's what their engineers say. But there's two people that are on, and and they're listening. And if you want to ask a question, just press one. Um, but go ahead, Cisco. Well, I, I wanted to touch on the. On a national level, uh, okay. this whole okay. situation. Hold, hold on, Cisco. I do have a question coming in. Um, area code 917, you're on the air. Would you like to ask? Is that me? Yes, it's you. Yes. Hi. I would like to see welfare reform where people work for welfare uh, funds like they're doing in other states now. Is that, is that possible in New York? It happened years ago. Go ahead, Avery. Oh, is that a question for me? Yes. Hi, yep, Gary. Yes, How are you? you. 
Um, um, yeah, of course, uh, they can happen here, and uh, I think that's a great idea, Carrie. Um, you know, uh, people, I think we have to put people to work. Uh, that's why That's why I'm focused on my disability reform proposal, that those able-bodied people who don't have a disability of any sort, mental or physical, they go out and they need to get a job of some sort if they can, uh, whether it's a low-skill job if they don't have a college degree, if their profession requires one, and you know, they and they could pay into the system too, which will guarantee the, more money for them at the very end down the road when they retire. That's exactly the way it's supposed to be, and it's really that's how the system is laid out. But then again, the system has just been collapsing for the past few decades now. I don't know, I don't understand why that has been that way, but that's exactly what has to happen here in New York and all across the country. Go ahead, Cisco. I know I cut you off. Well, I think in order for changes, drastic changes to be uh, to happen in New York, in New York City, New York State, there has to be a change of way, the way of a mental change with the voters, because the way it's going, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Uh, I, I, I consider myself an optimistic person, but I'm also very realistic. In New York City, New York State, just like California, the voters are going to be the the ones who are going to make the difference because they just reelected the Blasio. That doesn't give me hope in the future of New York City, New York State. Right. The same thing in New Jersey, Cisco. In New Jersey, I would say New Jersey still has a bit more because I still believe that there's, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's getting tougher, especially with Phil Murphy as the governor. But I think New Jersey still has a lot of conservatives there, so I think we still may. Well, you're right. You're right. There is a a yeah. a uh, a large portion of the population is still very much Republican. Um, and they're here basically because of the jobs, uh, exactly. you know, exactly. and, and they, they commute to the city or, or, or whatnot. Um, but it has only made it more difficult for with the election of Phil Murphy in here, um, you know, for, for the conservatives to have a voice. Correct. Yeah, so, it didn't. It didn't. Help, it didn't help the situation. But I still have some hope that they they can they can turn it around. Uh, but more, a lot more hope than than I have for New York and New York State. I, I'm sorry. As much as I love New York City, but that's the reality. Right. Well, it, well, in New Jersey. Um, there again, if if you're like in Morris County, and correct, I believe South, like Tom's River, and and all the southern exactly. counties, you, you have a tendency to be conservative, and yes. um, that's where a lot of the the conservative groups are. Uh, yes. But New Jersey's, you know, has has Newark, Camden, um, you know, Patterson. They have all the cities. Uh, on the other side, so 
you know, and, and New Jersey does have a high minority population. So that's that's why it, it tends to to be blue all the time. Right, um, but you know, we've had we've had we've had uh, congressional candidates that are Republicans. Right. We've had we've had you know we've we've had Tom King, who was the governor of of New Jersey, who's a Republican. So uh, right. again, there's still there's sections in Central Jersey, South Jersey that are still more they lean more conservative Republican. I, I don't see that in New York City. I don't see that at all. I mean, I had a friend, um, Daniel Ramos, who was on the show who ran in Brooklyn and he's a pretty conservative guy and he didn't win. I mean, the machine just, so do you see what I mean, Avery, in regards to the the whole situation with New York city? Oh yes, I understand. And uh, yes, I know Daniel uh, very well. Uh, uh, I go to some of their meetings. Uh, Sometimes I know he's uh, a member of the Brooklyn tea party. So, uh, I just uh, endorsed him when he ran for assembly. Um, I think he, he did a good job in his campaign. He tried his best, but I think uh, we have to change our message in a way. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, about the minority vote too, because um, mm-hmm. not to be focused on specific races, but I think it's important if we do. I mentioned this many times, and I told my other fellow conservatives for many months now that we have to change our message. We have to focus and send that message to specific groups like Hispanics, African-Americans, millennials, and even Asians. You know, I'm, I'm asking myself, how come are we not talking about the Asian population? I mean, out here, just in my district alone, 20% are Asian descent. And all right. across New York, I, New York, I believe it is 15 to 20%. So, I mean, we have a growing population of Asians coming into our country. And many of them are not involved in the political system. And uh, it's it's appalling to me that neither side, Democrat nor Republican, liberal, conservative, are talking about this specific group, are reaching out to them, getting them involved and explaining the issues and just discussing to see what issues are involved in their community. Because, you know, there are many issues within their community. It's not so much economic issues, but it's more in the long lines of suicide, mental health. I mean, they, it's just the worst among that demographic than any other um, ethnic group in the country. And I'm asking myself, why isn't that our party or anyone else discussing these issues? I mean, these are the issues that matter. And I think if we focus on issues that matter, such as those type of issues, domestic violence when it comes to women and also children, there are many women and children out there who are living in fear. And I think if we discuss these issues, then I think uh, we will have a winning message in the future. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, same thing with New Jersey. Um, and by the way, uh, February is, is, of course, Black History Month. And we're mm-hmm. going to have um, a couple of great people on who are from, who are African-American and who are going to be talking about the Civil Rights Movement and um, explain to us that the African-Americans were Republican and then 
prior to the um the the uh new deal and and all that and then they slowly changed over to the democratic party and um they're going to explain to us how the the handouts that they're getting actually hurt their race so um we have a couple of great upcoming shows coming up here on, on our radio but um you know that's just some of the issues that that we deal with here in New Jersey, but Cisco, um, and Cisco, you left New Jersey. I left New Jersey, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> okay. Uh, I miss I, I I miss my friends like you, Doreen, and 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 my family, and uh, but I just I I I feel really really bad for. A great number of people who you know who, who are living in New Jersey, especially now with uh, Phil Murphy. But I, I wanted to touch on on something Avery brought up in regards to um, DACA, the Dreamers. Okay. Um, yeah, in, in regards to you know if they've been doing well and and respecting the law, they they should be granted a pathway to citizenship. Is that what you're saying, uh, Avery? Well, more in the long line of a pathway to a legal status, I think we have to be granted um, a legal status for those who have contributed to our country, uh, those who have not committed any sort of a crime in any way. Uh, I think right. they should be granted a legal status at this point. And, you know, it could be a pathway to citizenship at some point, uh, not right away. I think maybe we could wait maybe a few years or so, depending on, uh, certain guidelines we put in place, making sure that they're in school or that they're employed or if they're uh, deployed overseas. So uh-huh. I think uh, so. a pathway to citizenship could be a choice, but later on, not at this point. Well, I, 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 I'm with, I'm, 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 I'm the, uh, my feeling is that if they're going to be granted anything, that they would be granted a green car. But not <laughs> anything to be a pathway to citizenship. I mean, if we're going to, if Trump is going to say we won the wall, if you want DACA, we have to get the wall. Then I'm with him on that. But right. not a pathway to citizenship. You know, basically, you're here. You're a resident of the United States, and then you have to go through the whole process. Uh, 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 of becoming a United States, even though, even though you broke, you know, your parents broke the law. Um, but I, I can see, I, I, I can, I can work with just how Trump is working with it. That my issue is that there's the number, and I brought up brought that number with Doreen. The number the Democrats in the media has said that it is between six hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand. Now we're getting a different number that is 3.6 million. So that's a larger, that's a large amnesty program. You're, they're trying to include not just DACA. They're trying to include all the individuals that are here illegally. How, how would you, how would you go about taking care of that aspect? Well, yes, uh, 3.6 million. 
is a much larger number than 800,000. Um, but yeah. uh, when I first heard of the 800,000 dreamers, I was saying to myself, I don't know if that is the exact number or not. Uh, that seems a bit low to me. Um, I thought there was probably over a million of them, but I think the truth is we don't know how many uh, DACA recipients uh, there are in this country. It could be 800,000, it could be 3 million, 5 million, or it could right. even be 50 million. We don't even know. Even the, when it comes yeah. to the uh, illegal immigrants in our country, some people say it's 10 million, then they say it's 15 or 25. I mean, we just don't know how many. And that's because they're not supposed to be registered as a resident or citizen of this country. So the fact is we don't know how many they are. But if it is a large amount, then it's going to be an even larger problem than what we have now. And I don't think six weeks is, I don't think, uh, six weeks is enough to address the DACA situation or to even come up with a deal. But, of course, I agree that, you know, we have to control our borders. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's a good idea that, you know, President Trump is saying we have to include the wall or some other form. Uh, I'll have one thing, and then the Democrats can have this, too. I think that's a great thing. That's how it should be. You know, it needs to be a bipartisan measure. But I think overall we have to fix our entire immigration system, and then not just right. on the illegal front, but also legal immigration. Exactly. You know, I've heard many instances. Yeah, if I may just say, uh, I've heard many instances where they say that some of their family members are trying to come into this country, and it's taken them so many months and so many years to come in here through the legal process, while there are those who are here undocumented who just cross over the border, come through the airport illegally, and they just get a free pass. And I think that's unacceptable, and we have to address that issue and uh, fix it properly. Yeah, illegal immigration is not just the people just crossing the border. It's people overstaying their visas when they get here uh, uh, on a plane or through the port of entry. So, yes, I agree that you have to stop it. I think I think going and implementing E-Verify would be a, a really great step that every company that hires someone goes and goes through the E-Verify, uh, every worker goes through the E-Verify process. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and then companies that do not implement E-Verify, they should be penalized. What's your take on that, Avery? Um, I think uh, I would agree on that, too. I think, you know, that's very important that uh, we do that as well. And I agree that there are many of them who are overstaying their visas, and that is a major issue, too. Uh, It's surprising that uh, many on both sides are not discussing that issue, too. It seems like illegal immigration is just at the forefront of everything, and it's not the entire issue in this whole uh, dilemma. But you know, absolutely, I agree that we have to have uh, some system like that. But also, we have to uh, come up with other ways to fix uh, the legal process so that those who want to come here can uh, come here through uh, the legal process efficiently. And at some point, they could become citizens. You know, within uh, a few years or so. And I believe those uh, who have been here for a long time, too, especially senior citizens, including my grandmother, who is 93. She's lived in this country for oh, over almost six decades now. Uh, she's worked uh, for over 20-some years, and she contributed. So if we have legal residents such as my grandmother, I think they should automatically become citizens, not go through 
a year long process, as they told me when I was speaking through a, a, a immigration system last year when we were trying to figure out if uh, my grandmother wanted to become a citizen or not. So I think that's uh, another thing they need to include in this immigration reform. Uh, but both sides have to hash this out and they have to come up with something as soon as they can because this has been going on for way too long, longer than I've been around. And I think that's ridiculous that this issue keeps getting brought up over and over again with no solution in sight. That's right. And there are some who, you know, particularly the anchor babies, they they were born here and they're living here a long time now. And this mm-hmm. is the only country they know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and so if you were to send their parents back, you would actually be splitting up the family. So those are other things that, that you have to consider as well. Well, there's, exactly. a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a solution to that. You don't break okay. up the family. Everyone's, everyone goes back. Okay. Um, but, but and and I understand where Cisco is coming from. Um, but from their point of view, this is really the only country they've ever known. You know. Right. Right. But so again, I, I, again, again, the, the 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 one of the things that really bothers me a lot is when my family came here legally, they had to wait over three years. Mm-hmm. They had to pay at that time three thousand dollars. Okay. That was really a sacrifice. And they had to wait. I don't have compassion for individuals that overstay their visa here or they cross the border and stay here. And then they spend so many years in here, in this country, and not even trying to fix their legal status. And then after 30 years, they're crying because they're getting deported. You've had 30 years to fix this. That means you weren't really interested in staying here legally. You were here, basically, you wanted to stay under the radar. So you didn't have to pay federal taxes, and you were using... Someone else with Social Security. So I don't have compassion for that. That's my point. There you go. That's another issue. Yeah. So many, so many problems. So where do we start? I, I just think I just think that we, uh, what Trump is, is doing is telling the Democrats enough is enough. You guys want this? We're going to, you know, I, I can go, I can go, and I can see what Trump is doing with this. I can say, okay, you know what? And, I, and I'll agree with Avery. Let's let's give them, um, let's make them legal. Okay. You guys want that? The Democrats want that? Fine. But we're we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna go we're not gonna come back to this very same situation of DACA, 10 years, 20 years from now. No, we're going to seal the border. We're going to control the border even better. So these things, these anchor babies and people or women coming here from China, from other places to have babies, so then the kid is an American citizen, so 
so then they can come up because they know the scheme already. They know the game already. Get pregnant. Come here. Stay. You know, have a kid being born here. Automatically. Every country now knows that that's the game. And guess who's paying for that? Us. So you got to seal the borders. you got to control the airport entries and the port entries. And then if the Democrats don't want to go for that, then you know what? Kiss it. You know, forget it. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's go back to you, Avery. Um, let's hear more about your organization. Do you guys have a website and anything? And, and you can, can you tell us how we can help you? Um, well, we will need help in the near future. We don't have a website up just yet either, um, but we, uh, we're hoping to get that up uh, very soon uh, once uh, we uh, get uh, formalized in the coming weeks or so. But um, also for my pack as well, um, I'm also in the process of opening up a uh, a federal and a statewide uh, uh, conservative pack as well to help conservative candidates run in, in the midterm elections. So we're going to have a website up uh, very soon to, uh, so that uh, people can donate and we'll have uh, the list of our endorsements there and also uh, information on who we are and uh, what we believe in. So, yes, in the near future, we're going to need help with both of them. But at this point, we're still in the process of getting formalized, but we should be out, up and running in the next uh, few weeks. Okay, so you're kind of, you're kind of in the still the very beginning stages with all this. Yes, we're we're just beginning. We just got uh, incorporated by the state of New York uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, because every city is awesome. You know, um, I, I always said that you know it's, it's the youth that's going to take back this country because <laughs> the old the old timers are are you know they're all just too much in the system and and they don't you know they're not as concerned whereas the youth it, it's going to be their country soon right. you know um, but uh, and and right Cisco. Are you there? Oh yeah, I'm, it's definitely you're right. I, absolutely, I'm I'm in total agreement that you know. But I I think I think that the the future that is in store for my son, your 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 sons, and Avery, you know, it's 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 going to be a battle. It's going to be a, a a real battle. It's going to be a culture war, mental. It's going to be a war of the minds, you know. And 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 I think that the individuals, the young young people, have to start waking up and seeing that the politicians in this, in the, the current politicians in, the, in this country, need to really learn a lesson, and they have to be held accountable. I don't. I, I was not aware that when Congress leaves sessions, they, they're they not in Washington, D.C., they can be arrested. Did you know that, Doreen? Uh, no. Well, they can, you, you mean they can be arrested because, they can, because they can they're be not arrested. there? or Because they're not there. They're not, they're not, they're not in session. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not working. 
And the reason I'm bringing this up is that I believe that some, they have to show President Trump and the Department of Justice without Jeff Session has to show some of these politicians that they mean business. If one goes down to prison for corruption, everyone else will start noticing. Because right now they're above the law. They cannot be arrested in Congress. They cannot. Right. Um, But we had a previous conversation before that that even Jeff Sessions must go. So we know where where that's kind of headed. Yeah. Um, yes. He, he you must know, go. in particular, particularly with the the scandal going on with the FBI. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, and and you know, most people, even the ones on Facebook, they said that that Sessions he really hasn't done anything. He has not to look into this. Right. You know, he's got to step up to the plate. You know, and and he hasn't done so. So. He will um, not step up to the plate. He will not step right. up and, to the in plate. My, in my opinion, and um, as much as we have supported Donald Trump, I believe he made a mistake with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. no, number one, in putting him in, in the, for, for, the, um, for Jeff Sessions' position, but also uh, with Alabama, because he took him from Alabama. Yes. And... Um, you know, and and Alabama actually Republicans actually lost a seat down there, so it was a double mistake on that one. You know, but um, well, it was part of it was part of Donald Trump's learning, you know, learning process. I mean, you know, he's never been a president. I mean, he's you know he's he, he was learning, and he just picked up. He thought it was going to be the best person for for the job. But before we leave, I, w- I want to ask one last question to Avery. Avery, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Oh, wow. Well, it's a long time from now, but, um, well, I hope to see myself uh, continuing uh, on with the organization I just began. Uh, I'm hoping uh-huh. uh, to go into teaching as well. I'm hoping to be a teacher at that time, uh, um, teaching uh, a history of government, uh, I'm not sure what grade yet, and uh, just continue to get involved politically. Also, to start a small business at that time, and maybe even get married at that time too. I'm not sure, but it's a long way from now. But I think that's where I see myself at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, you have a bright, you have a bright future. You have a bright future, and I, I'm really happy too. that you you came on on the program today. Oh, thank you so much, and, and uh, thank and you for so having I. me. And, yes, we're definitely going to have you back. Um, and, folks, I, I do apologize. Again, the blog talk radio, a part of it had gone down. The technicians, they say they're working on it. So uh, just forgive us for tonight. Uh, we will probably re- re-air this episode again. Um, but anyhow, uh, our time is up. And, Cisco, do you want to do the closer?